Hey everyone, Andrew Seeley here, and welcome back to another episode of Air Check, a podcast produced by the WVU Alumni Association. My guest today is Morgan Farr. She's a graphics producer for Turner Sports, working for NBA TV and NBA on TNT. And in this conversation, Morgan and I talk about what it's like to travel all over the country to produce content for NBA games, what it's like to work game seven during the NBA finals, and why everyone should be open to every opportunity that comes their way. Don't forget, if you're not listening to this using our smartphone app, be sure to download the WVU alumni app for member discounts around the country and to stay up to date with everything happening here in Morgantown. With no further ado, please enjoy this episode of AirCheck. Let's go. Morgan, thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks so much for having me. So for, for folks that don't know you, now we kind of know each other because we went to school together here at WVU, but for folks that don't know you, can you kind of tell us what it is that you do for a living? Sure. Um, so I'm currently a graphics producer at Turner Sports here in Atlanta, Georgia. I primarily work with NBA TV and NBA on TNT. And as uh, the graphics producer, my main job is to come up with creative graphics to help uh, tell the storyline of the game or the show that I'm working on. And um, I use that with research, stats, social media. Um, I work closely with uh, on-air talent and the producer to come up with these graphics. And recently, uh, my main role has been doing uh, live remotes. So I've been doing a lot of uh, traveling and covering all of our remote events. Yeah. So what does kind of, uh, during the season, what does your job consist of? What are you doing mostly? Where are you spending your time? Uh, what does kind of a typical day look like for you? So during the NBA season, um, I'm on the road Wednesday through Friday. Um, my game is usually um, Thursday night. It's either the West Coast game or the East Coast game. And I get my schedule about a month in advance so I can start preparing for the teams that I'm going to be working with and coming up with those ideas and that prep work for those graphics. So Monday and Tuesday is usually spent at the office or at home um, prepping and researching those teams, uh, reading articles, checking Twitter, um, coming up with creative ways, like I said, to create those graphics. And then uh, Wednesday is always a travel work day. I uh, fly into the city that I'm gonna be in with my crew. Um, there's about 25 to 30 of us on the TV crew. Uh, we usually travel together. Uh, we head over to the site, which is the arena where our uh, truck is parked, and that's where we do our live broadcasts. Um, we check in, do some rehearsals. Uh, the next day is game day, and then uh, we fly home the following day, which is usually Friday. So I have a pretty um, scheduled routine throughout the season. Um, and then once January hits, uh, it starts to get a little crazy because we get uh, double headers. So sometimes I'm in two cities in one week. That's pretty crazy. And and you you have such a heavy, heavy travel schedule. Like I thought that I traveled a lot for work, but do you enjoy being on the road as much as you are? Or do you kind of like it when you're, when you're back at home? Oh no, I love it. Um, so for me, it's kind of like work like crazy for nine months and then have a couple months off. As you know, NBA is about nine months with all of its season, including summer league and draft and preseason. So I work really, really hard and travel for about nine months and then I have some downtime so I can kind of recuperate and uh, get ready to go back for the next season. But um, I love being on the road. I love traveling to different cities, uh, meeting new people, experiencing different cultures and um, truly checking all the different NBA arenas off my bucket list. So that's been a uh, pretty fun. 
What about the what about the NBA do you really enjoy? Like why what do you what about your job do you really love? Um, I love the audience that NBA targets. Um, I feel like we are growing so fast with such a younger audience and we are using um, different technology to our advantage compared to any other sports league. I feel like NBA really can hit young people, it can hit older people, but it also uses social media unlike any other league. Um, the players really uh, react and en enable the fans and vice versa. And that's like a really cool concept, especially when you're working with graphics and social media to find those interactions. Um, and I feel like it's, it's just in a league of their own when it comes to that aspect. Yeah, I would totally agree. Especially so so pulling apart your job and talking about graphics, what are the some of the when we when we say graphics, what are some of the things that you are taking a look at and how are you telling some of the story of a basketball game visually? So there's uh, when you're doing a, a live remote game, there's actually two different roles. There's either a score bug role or there is the lead graphics role. Usually I do the lead graphics and that means I am supplementing the game with stats uh, to tell stories. So for example, I could do a full screen graphic that would cover your entire page about LeBron James and his stat line from that night and how it compares to other stat lines in history. So being um, knowledgeable about the history of the game, not just the current game that you're in is super helpful. And then if you're doing like a score bug role, you would literally be scoring the game. So that's where the knowledge of the sport comes in handy. But then you also need to be quick on your feet and be able to update things as necessary. Um, I really enjoy both. Um, I like to do both roles to keep me well-rounded. But um, what I really enjoy is coming up with a creative graphic that makes the on-air talent say, wow, or I, I can't wait to get this on air and talk about this. Yeah, for sure. Now live TV and live sporting events are always going to be stressful, but have you, have you, now that you've been in this role for, for a little while, are you feeling more and more comfortable or is it, is it, uh, I think I would be stressed no matter what. So is it, has it gotten a little easier as you've, uh, as you've gone on? Yes, but you still get those butterflies. I mean, before every game I do, before every show, whether the show is 30 minutes in Atlanta in studio or if it's a five-hour NBA draft show live from Brooklyn, no matter what, I always get the butterflies uh, right before. Uh, they usually go away pretty quickly, but I feel like that keeps you engaged and it keeps you excited. And uh, if you're not getting a little bit nervous, I feel like you're not doing it right. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So speaking of the draft, you, you just went through a, a draft pretty recently. Um, what do you, what do you enjoy? Does the draft require more graphics than a typical game would? How does the, the draft, you know, differ from, from the actual season? Sure. Yeah. The draft is its own kind of beast. Um, it requires so much more prep work and so many more graphics just because you're preparing for the possibility of things as opposed to preparing for kind of a game, what you know you can expect. With a draft, you really don't know what to expect. So you have to be prepared on up to 150 college players and you don't really know where they're going to go. You have somewhat of an idea, but you're not really sure. So not only does it require a ton of work and prep work on the front end, but it also requires a lot of quick thinking while it's going on because you're basically reacting. 
um, as the drafts are being picked. So it is its own special beast. It's very different than a game. A uh, game is two hours and it's very quick, whereas a draft took about five hours for our live show um, from Brooklyn a couple weeks ago. So yeah, it is its own beast. And it's also kind of, it's also kind of fun to learn new things about the college players that are coming up that are going to be in the NBA. I actually kind of enjoy creating the biographics and the family graphics and things like that. And it's a, a nice little like refresher to kind of uh, learn about new players that are coming up. It's going to be nice to have kind of that, that, that excitement from a genuine individual who is, you know, making their way into the league for the first time, dreams are like coming true in front of your eyes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And the fashion, the fashion is awesome. I love the fashion at the draft. I love uh, the families crying and hugging all the very features and vignettes that we show. I mean, it makes you, it makes everybody tear up, but I feel like you're, like you said, the true emotion to see somebody literally following their dreams is just awesome. All right. Who is the best and worst dressed player? Who are the best and worst dressed players in the NBA? Oh, gosh. Okay. Uh, best dressed is PJ Tucker from Houston. He has a shoe collection of over 1,000 shoes. So every game is a different shoe, which I think is pretty impressive. And I just, he also rocks the, um, the short suit, which I like, the suit jacket with the shorts. So uh, I think that he would be my best dressed. And then my worst dress, I know this is going to be an unpopular opinion, but I'm going to go with Russell Westbrook. Um, I think he's just a little too risky and a little too flashy for me. So I'm not really digging his, uh, his European style. So I think I'm going to go worst dress as uh, Russell. Gotcha. Okay. Do you think that I, I mean, you know me pretty well. Yes. Yes. Do you think that I could rock the suit coat and shorts look? Yeah, I think so. I definitely think so. See, now people are going to know that they can't trust you now because that is just not true <laughs> at, at all. I would just not. You could be at the alumni tailgates this fall rocking the shorts. Maybe, a, yeah, maybe a maybe a gold and blue, maybe the Huggins gold suit. Yes, especially in September shorts. when uh, it's uh, earlier in the season and you can get away with it out being too cold. Uh, okay, uh, maybe maybe I'll give it a shot. If I do, uh, you'll be the first to know it. But speaking of WVU, let's talk a little bit about your time at West Virginia University. Why did you choose to come to WVU? So when I was um, researching colleges and traveling around and doing all my tours and things, I was still trying to figure out what um, where I wanted to go, but I always knew what I wanted to do. I always knew I wanted to work in um, some sort of sports television, sports journalism capacity. Um, I'm lucky in the sense that I kind of had a, a knowledge from an early age of what I wanted to do and a passion. So when I found out about the journalism school at WVU and I did my tour, I just felt so at home and I felt like this was the place for me. This was the opportunity for me. And um, I, I just felt like this is something I had to do. Yeah. And so what, what did you end up studying? What was student life like for you while you were here in the journalism school? How did you get involved? And looking back, what, you know, what was your overall WVU experience like? My WVU experience was amazing. Um, it definitely started out a little rocky based on homesickness. I uh, was pretty far from home. I was about eight hours from home where my family lives in Virginia. And at first I was like the typical freshman. I think I went through those homesick phases and I was trying to find my group and my niche. And um, 
really a lot of my friends I met during my classes at the J school and then ended up living with some of them um, as, as roommates. And that helped my entire college experience. Um, those four years I was there, I got involved. I was a um, part-time, I worked part-time. I also worked uh, with West Virginia Illustrated on some internships. So I kind of just tried to, to soak everything in and uh, do everything that I possibly could um, and the one thing I said I loved about WV was the school pride. Um, no matter what your major was or where you were, um, everyone was so proud of being a mountaineer. And I kind of loved that my college experience was like that. Yeah, that's that's a, I say the same thing. Um, it's such a unique experience. I, I absolutely loved being in what was for us the the school of journalism, but has since become the the Reed College of Media. And I feel like we had a we had a really tight group. You know, it's a, it's a large university, and and uh, obviously it's a, it's a nationally known university. But within our classes, it was just such an intimate experience with everybody. That that's one of the things that I absolutely loved. Oh yeah, for sure. So how did you, you know, you graduate from WVU. How did you get from cap and gown to lead graphics uh, at NBA games? So um, I've definitely had a little bit of a unique experience and a unique route to get where I have been. Um, so I graduated WVU May 2014, and I graduated, I believe, on a Friday, and I moved to New York City for a job on a Sunday. So I took a whole day and a half off uh, before I started work. Um, I worked at Clear Channel Communications in Manhattan for about six months, uh, TV sales and marketing. That was my first job post-grad. And um, I think I, I took the job because it was the first job offered to me. I just jumped at the opportunity for a full-time salary and living in New York. And I said, yep, let's do it. Um, and then I slowly realized that I uh, desperately, desperately missed sports. Um, I was working as a TV sales and marketing assistant, doing a lot of um, advertising work, and I just kind of realized it wasn't for me. Um, so I worked like crazy and networked as best as possible to get back into the sports world. Um, and I was actually lucky enough to land a job um, about after about six months up in Bristol, Connecticut at ESPN, um, which was uh, another stepping stone to get to where I am today. So from there, you, you land in ESPN, you're back in, in the sports realm that you say that you really missed. What led you into graphics? Did you have experience in that in the past? Um, you know, how did you get to kind of find that little niche within the sports industry? So that's interesting. So when I was at ESPN, I actually did not do any graphics. Um, Turner Sports is where I first started doing it. Um, as a entry level position at Turner, that is kind of one of the main responsibilities. And then from there, you kind of figure out what your path is going to be. If you want to stay in graphics to become a graphics producer, if you want to become an associate director, an associate producer, and you kind of pick your path after that. And I just fell in love with it. Um, it was my first time ever doing it. I caught on really quickly. And it was something that I even brought home with me and started working on at home. And when I started doing that, I realized, wow, this is something that I could see myself um, really following with and I uh, was really passionate about. And I kind of started noticing myself, noticing graphics everywhere in the world around me, whether that be watching a game on another network, watching a football game, um, out and about. And I just constantly was thinking of ways of how I can do that better or do that more uniquely. So when that started to happen, I was like, okay, this is for me. This is my passion. This is my niche. This is what I want to do. And uh, Turner's just really given me those opportunities to grow and to shine and to kind of just come into my own and, and take over the department, really. 
That is awesome. If if there were students here at WVU, maybe in the College of Media or, you know, potentially at the College of Creative Arts or, you know, alumni out there who are uh, in the sports industry or looking to get into the kind of the sports entertainment television production side of the industry, um, what advice would you give them if they wanted to make it in sports production? I would say the biggest thing is just to be be yourself and be readily available. Um, the number one thing I think that people get scared of when it comes to sports television is the hours or the travel or the cutthroatness or the you don't sit at a desk, you don't work a nine to five. Um, it's very, very unique. And I think if you just open up and, and allow yourself to all of the opportunities that present themselves, whether that be an unpaid day of the work to just get experience and repetition or whether that be a nighttime shift, uh, shadowing and learning at a local news station and the sports department. Making yourself readily available and open to all opportunities, specifically in sports because of its unique schedule and hours and, and setup, really sets you apart from the everyday people that are trying to do it. Because if you're open and willing to really do anything and you go at it 100%, people are going to notice that. And I think that that's something that you can do to set yourself apart. For sure. When you when you're willing to take any opportunity and any kind of experience to learn and grow, that's really I feel like when when the connections that you need to be building uh, seem to work themselves out. Right. Yes, 100 percent. And like like I said, like that one person that's going to need to see which person is going to go above and beyond and accept that Friday night midnight shift to, you know, cover the NBA ticker when they're supposed to be off, that's those people that are going to remember those things. And that's how you move up in the world. And that's how you make those networking connections. And, and that's like you said, how you really grow and you go beyond your normal everyday responsibilities and duties. For sure. So looking at your current job now, do you have uh, any specific games or series or moments? Maybe it's the, the recent NBA finals. Um, is there anything that stands out to you that, that, kind of looking back over over an early career you you really have loved yeah um a couple of different ones i'll just hit on them quickly um so obviously doing the tnt games during the regular season is awesome but some of the more tentpole events is what we like to call them um have been amazing so um, i worked my first march madness this year um uh, which was a really cool experience and um, my crew ended up having four games in one day and three of those games were overtime games so oh. To think about your heart, <laughs> your heart going through that entire day. I mean, I was, as a basketball fan, I was on the edge of my seat. As working the game and counting down the clock and coming up with the graphics for four games, let alone three overtimes, I was just like, I can't believe this is my job. Like, I can't believe I'm getting paid to do this right now. Um, so that was a really, really cool experience. Um, I also worked the NBA Finals in 2016 uh, when my hometown team, the Cleveland Cavaliers, came back from a 3-1 deficit to beat the Golden State Warriors for the first time in NBA history. That was kind of a humble brag. Not a, not a bad one. Okay. But uh, that was pretty amazing just because that was my team. That was how I rooted for my whole life. Um, and then to see history in, in motion and see history happening and be able to work that game, the game seven in Golden State was awesome. Um, so those are two ones that really stick out. And then another one that's kind of something different is I worked my first golf event this year. Uh, Turner's always expanding and adding new sports to its repertoire. And I actually worked the PGA championship this year up in Long Island. And it was cool to kind of like have a new experience and kind of be doing something that I haven't done before. 
um, it was the tournament right after the Masters. So Tiger was in it, and uh, it was crazy to see all these people just, you know, following Tiger. And another one of those pinch me moments where I was like, wow, this is my job. I, I get to work in sports television. And uh, it was just, it was just kind of, um, like I said, one of those pinch me moments where I was like, wow, this is my job. Yeah. So you mentioned, you know, you mentioned Tiger and you mentioned, you mentioned LeBron, uh, the hometown hero. And, and before we had hit record, I had asked you if you are still working with Shaquille and Shaquille O'Neal. What's it like to work with some of the more well-known athletes in the United States? It's cool. Um, Charles is my favorite. I had to go ahead and say that. Uh, Charles Barkley is my absolute favorite to work with. The most down to earth, fun loving, goofy, um, just personable guy. And I feel like he comes across that way on TV, but I just want to put that out there that he's actually like that off screen as well. Um, it's cool too, because you kind of have to just treat them like your coworkers. You kind of just have to treat them like, you know, they're just one of the guys. They're just one of your, your crew, one of your staff, and you're just, um, working to come up with a good show, but it, it's definitely sometimes you have to be in awe when you realize that some of these people that you're working with, um, it's also been like really cool to get to know um, some of the on-air talent on a personal level, like traveling with them. Traveling with anybody, I feel like, is a really good way to get to know them. And some of uh, our on our on-air uh, talent and reporters, especially sideline reporters, I've gotten to know um, through doing games. So it's been a really cool, unique experience to not just work with them in studio or work on shows with them, but like travel with them and almost become like this small mini like TV family. Yeah, a hundred percent. The I think the best way to get to know somebody. The honeymoon should take place before the wedding because the best way to find out whether you are compatible with somebody is definitely when you hit the road with them. Yeah. Uh, Imagine if you're one of the people that stand up as soon as a plane lands and then you're like, Oh my god, I have to uh, marry this person. I it would be terrible. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. But you know why I, I, I use that analogy. I want to say congratulations. Morgan is engaged and getting married soon. Um, so, And you're having your wedding right here at the Erickson Alumni Center in Morgan Center, yes, right? Yes, I am. Uh, Ten weeks, um, Friday the 13th for good luck, uh, September 13th. We are doing it at the Erickson Alumni Center. Uh, my fiance is also a WVU alumni. Um, John's from the Civil Engineering School. Um, and we decided that when we were going to get married, we were like, we got to do it in West Virginia. We have to show all our family and friends why we love it so much, why we're such proud mountaineers. And we also have to do it on a Friday so we can do a tailgate in a football game uh, on a Saturday. <laughs> so you decided that it was worth the risk of the unlucky Friday the 13th just to have a Mountaineer game the following day. Oh, 100%. It was either that or Labor Day. And we figured we, we got to go mid-September to see how the team's doing. So hopefully we have a couple wins under our belt by the time the game starts. So um, we, had to, we had to do it. I'm sure that it is. It will be an absolutely beautiful ceremony, and it's it's awesome that you're getting married here, where you guys met and and fell in love at WVU. Yeah, yeah, it really is a WVU love story. <laughs> so, so kind of in in wrapping up, what does it mean to you to be part of this West Virginia University family, and what does it mean to you to be an alum of this university? Um, it, it means so much. WVU was such a special time in my life, but uh, my WVU pride didn't just end when I graduated. Um, it, it came to me with every city I went to and everywhere I travel. 
Um, one of my like little unique things about me is when I'm traveling for work, I always wear some sort of WVU gear, uh, whether that be a shirt, a hat, a pin on my bag, literally anything I can, because no matter where I'm at and no matter where I'm traveling, I always get a let's go or a conversation started or even sometimes, I mean, a free drink. <laughs> it just, I love how proud WVU alumni are, and I love that we all share this common bond, and it's almost like this, uh, you feel like you've known someone forever, and you could literally just be meeting them in an airport, but you have something to talk about when it comes to West Virginia, and uh, I just feel like that's such a unique, like you said earlier, it's such a unique experience to any other colleges um, to have that. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I absolutely, the, the excitement that that flows through me when I see another mountaineer uh, when I'm not in necessarily in Morgantown. Uh, <laughs> it, it is it is awesome. So Morgan, if, if folks wanted to learn more about you or if they wanted to see some of your work uh, with Turner Sports, where should they go? Where should they tune in? Uh, how do we see what you're doing? Sure. So uh, NDA TV uh, is the main network you can subscribe to. NDA on TNT regular season games will be starting in October. Uh, those are double headers on Thursday nights throughout uh, the entire NDA season. And then my personal Instagram, um, if you want to see some of the behind the scenes work of what I do, is at Far Out Bra, F-A-R-R-O-U-T-B-R-A-H. I kind of post what my travels are like, um, what the crew is doing behind the scenes, and sometimes occasionally shop for Charles. <laughs> awesome. I love, I love the, the Instagram handle. Thanks. I think I might have to keep it now that I've already plugged myself after I get married. So I can't change it. Even though my last name might be changing. You gotta, you gotta, I think you gotta stick with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Morgan. Well, thank you so much for, for joining, to, for joining me today. We really appreciate it. And we're really excited about all of the things that you were doing uh, in your career. Well, thanks for having me on. Hey guys, it's Andrew again, and I just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to AirCheck. If you enjoyed my conversation with Morgan, make sure you stay up to date as we release new podcasts on the WVU Alumni app. And as always, you can head to our website, alumni.wvu.edu, for more information. Thanks for listening.